Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. God's power to bless is what we're going to talk about this morning. God's power to bless. A while back, I had a message from this same passage, and it was focused on the the miracle itself and the power. Uh, This is one of those times where I would love to have been there to see what took place. But this morning, here's what I want to focus on. Here's what I want to talk about. I want us to notice what I would call the obstacles to the blessing. Okay, the obstacles to the blessing. Now, as we get into this passage, these obstacles are not directly put out before us. But as we see, they are there. There are some things that Peter could have used to excuse himself from following the Lord and being blessed. And this morning, uh, how this ties in, this entire, I guess you would say, miracle focuses on the lesson they were being taught to trust the Lord in the work He had for them, which was to take the gospel out so they could see souls saved. And so really this morning, I think everyone here will be able to find something that you can grab hold of concerning faith. Concerning faith. And how there are obstacles or hindrances that are there that could hinder your faith or keep you from trusting in the Lord in certain areas. And if that happens, then the blessings of God may not come. You may not know the blessings that God has for you. So this morning, let's look into this uh, verse, this passage here, Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And let's see what we find uh, as we go to this this passage. You know, as far as the passage itself... Um, we find some blessings here, or a great blessing here, that was given uh, to these men, in particular Peter himself. Uh, my thought on this is I enjoy blessings. I don't know about you, I enjoy blessings. You know the song, Count Your Blessings? It's great to think of all the blessings we have. And isn't it wonderful to receive a blessing of some kind, you know, an answered prayer, or God opening up doors, or just uh, someone in your life just being a blessing to you, and you just thank God for that. Well, you know, God has given us many blessings, and God can do great things. And when you read this passage here, this is this was a miracle. And sometimes the, the question, and it's a good question to ask, is can God still bless like this? Can God still send amazing blessings that you just can't give an answer to? Because they couldn't answer this. That's why Peter at the end of this fell down before Christ. He couldn't believe what happened. There was no answer to this except for God. Can God still do this? And my answer to that is yes, I believe God can. Because God has not changed. He is still God. Now what we have to do is make sure we're walking with God And that we're prepared for these blessings that God might have for us. You see, as far as this passage here, Peter had finished and the others had finished too. They had finished their work, their, their, their service out there as far as their, their industry, their toil, their work they had finished. And what we find is basically they were wrapping it up for the day. Christ had shown up. He had borrowed one of their ships so he could teach to the people. And basically what we find is Peter and some of the others were told to go back to work, uh, to get back out there, to go back to work. Uh, and he was to go out and fish some more. So we have a direct command given by Christ, direct command uh, given to Peter to go back out. Also, we have the details given to Peter. He was to go out and put his nets down. You know, when God leads, he's going he's gonna to also give you the direction of what to do. He's not going to just say, go and then leave you there stranded. He's going to open up doors. He's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you direction. And that's what he gave Peter. He knew what to do. And then third, it, really the decision was up to Peter. It was up to him to go out. Uh, he could have said no, or he could have said, uh, no, God, I'm not going to do it. 
The Lord knew his heart, and the Lord knew he was going to follow. But, but what we find is that was his decision. It was his choice. And this is where, to me, things get interesting. And this is what I want to talk about here this morning, is the objections that he could have given. Uh, and we kind of find a little bit of them here. The objections to God's command that would have hindered his faith, or hurt his faith, and probably put no faith at all, and then it would have prevented God from blessing him in a great way. And so let's consider these. I have uh, four of them I want you to think about. First one is, I put he was finished. And this would tie into what I would call circumstances. Circumstances. The Bible tells us that he was cleaning his nets. Let's go to Luke chapter 5 here. And I want you to notice it says here in verse um, 1, verse 2, it says, And he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Washing their nets. Okay, this tells us something here. They didn't wash their nets before they went out. They washed their nets after they were finished. That was part of the routine. That was part of the, the work that was involved. So what we have here is we have men who had finished their shift. They were done working. And, and I want to kind of keep that in front of us too. We're not talking about going out fishing for recreation. I enjoy that. How many enjoy going out fishing for recreation? Even though I don't, I don't know how to catch anything, it doesn't seem like. Or everything avoids my hook somehow. Uh, I don't catch anything, but I enjoy getting out there. This was not recreational fishing. This is what you would probably put more along the lines of commercial fishing. This was, this was their work. This was their job. This wasn't out there having a good time. This was out there making a living. And so they're out there. They had been out there. They had come in. And we know from the passage later on down, they had caught nothing that day. And so they had went out that night, they had caught nothing, and now they're back in, they're cleaning their nets, washing them, uh, wrapping up their day. Now as far as washing the nets, that included getting anything in there that had been caught that was that didn't belong. It could be small rocks, pebbles, uh, sticks, any kind of you know vegetation you found or that was in the water, any debris at all. They would have to clean these nets out, take the time to clean them. And then when they were clean, they would... Pack them up, wrap them up, and they call it a day and, and finish up. You know, I imagine some of you can relate to this. You know, you get done with something, you want to clean up before you move on. And that's, that's basically what they're doing here. Uh, and so think of the command involved now. You have Peter here cleaning up everything, ready to, to go home for the day. He had, he had a bad day anyway, as we'll talk about here in a little bit. And here he is, and Christ says, how about you go back out there now? This net you've just cleaned, go back out and throw it back in the water again. You know, uh, here's my thought on this. Peter could have excused himself because of the circumstance. He could have said, really? Now you want me to go back out? Have you ever had that happen? You know, how come you didn't tell me this before? Uh, before I started cleaning. Now you want me to go back out? Now this is part of the test, I believe. The Lord was testing him. And the Lord was working in his heart. And you know, the Lord may test you at times. He may, he, he may bring trials or, or, or things in your life, adversity, and you may say, now, Lord, I don't want to deal with this now. I've got this I'm dealing with. i got this. Now's not the time. Uh, I don't know about you, but I haven't been able to schedule my trials or troubles. They, they just happen. And the Lord allows them for a purpose. And so what we find here, he gives him a command to go out. And he very easily could have said, no, I'm done. I don't, it's, I'm finished. And we're already packing up, ready to go. So here's my challenge to you this morning. If permitted, circumstances in your life can become an obstacle to your faith, if permitted. How about this one? Not now. I'm busy. Uh, life can get really busy sometimes with work, with family, friends. Uh, you know, a lot of people may be wanting a lot of your time sometimes. And you put all that together, 
And then you have the direction from God. You know, you're supposed to be worshiping, serving, reading the Bible, prayer, witnessing other things, involvement. And, you know, it's, it can be very easy just to say, well, not now. I'm busy. Later, when I have more time, then I'll either get involved or I'll consider that. Well, you know, here's the thought here. If you allow that to happen, then later may never come. I have myself put things off that are still put off, that I still haven't gotten to. And so when you put something off to another day, you may continue to put it off. You may never get to it. Uh, This is important here because I want to start with this. How about salvation, the the faith of salvation? The salvation to be saved, the Bible talks about being saved, that involves faith. Bible teaches we save, you must repent and believe. You have to understand you're a sinner, which I think if we are honest with ourselves, we've all admit that we've made mistakes. We've all uh, sinned. In other words, we have went against God's direction or God's commands at some point in our life. You know, uh, I believe if you go back to the Ten Commandments, the first one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. I don't think there's anybody that, that can say I've kept that. Nobody. We, we, at, at times in our life, we put ourselves first. Uh, we've thought about us and not about God. And so I think from that point on, you know, obviously we've broken the commands. We're sinners. And so once we understand we're a sinner, then we understand our need for salvation, forgiveness. And that's where God sent His Son to die on the cross for our sin. And then the faith comes in, because you can know all that and still not believe. You can know that. You can have the information and not apply it to your heart. And that's where the faith comes in. That's where you have to believe. Receive Christ as your Savior, your personal Savior, and believe on Him. And when that happens, the Bible says you're saved, you're changed. What happens is the Holy Spirit changes your heart, Christ becomes part of your life, and you, you have salvation. And, and this morning, I want you to think on this, circumstances often keep people from putting their faith in Christ. No, I'm busy, I don't have time for that. Or I'll consider that later. I'll think about that at another time. Well, today's the day of salvation, the Bible teaches. Make sure you're saved. Uh, or even just serving the Lord. Being a witness, we can put it off to another time when we need to be witnesses today. Or here's another one. How about this circumstance? You know, we can say, well, not now. It's kind of inconvenient. You know, for Peter, I imagine it was really inconvenient to go out and put those cleaned nets back in that ship and go back out there and drop them down again. You know, uh, there's really never a convenient time, I think, to serve God. Because we have all sorts of trials All sorts of things in our life. And if we wait for a convenient time, that convenient time may never come. So the challenge here is don't let circumstances prevent you or hinder your faith. Trust God today, whether it's for salvation or maybe in a trial or a decision you've got to make or just life in general. Put your faith in the Lord and serve God right now. So as far as this here, faith in God will override your circumstances or should override your circumstances. Say, you know what? Things aren't going well. But guess what? I still need to serve God. I'm going to put my faith in Him. I'm going to trust Him. And I want to be faithful, be a faithful witness and a faithful testimony. So Peter didn't let the circumstances affect him. How about fatigue? Fatigue. How many of you are tired this morning? Maybe some here tired this morning. Well, Peter, I imagine, was tired. Let's go back to our passage here. It says he was cleaning his nets. Uh, it says, and now when he, it says verse 3, or verse 2, he says, saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing the nets. Verse 5, and Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, taken nothing. So here's what I want to draw your attention to. Notice he was washing his nets. And what did he tell Christ? When Christ said, take the so ship back out, he didn't say, okay, I'm going to go right away. Whatever you say, Lord. Notice the first thing he said. He said, Lord, we've toiled all night. <laughs> I'm tired. You know, uh, he was honest with the Lord is what he was. 
He says, uh, I'm tired. I've toiled all night. He's worked all night. So what we have here is these men had been on the, on the sea all night long. As I said, it was work. Commercial fishing, they're out there. Uh, and they were weary now. They were tired. Have you ever been so tired just looking at a bed made you want to fall asleep? Maybe that's how they felt. Just, they were just exhausted. We need to get home. You know, he could have excused himself. And here's my thought here. On his limitations. On his limitations. Because physically he was limited. He was limited. He was tired. He, the, the, we don't find any rebuke here from the Lord. He was tired. He was exhausted. And he could have limited his faith, or, or I guess say, used the limitations of his physical body as an excuse or, or justification not to follow the Lord. He could have said, I need some rest, God. I need some relaxation. Let me, let me go home and get some rest first. Could you imagine the blessing he would have missed out on had he done that? No, he said, I, he followed. But here's the thought I have for you. If permitted, you know, limitations in life can be an obstacle to your faith. And there are a lot of limitations that we have because we're human beings. Nobody here can do everything. Nobody here knows everything. We're limited in our knowledge. We're limited in our abilities. We only have 24 hours a day. Each of us, you know, you can't buy another hour. You, some days I, I wish I'd go long. Some days I want to get over quicker. But those days are there. We're, we're limited in our time, limited in our energy, limited in our strength. Uh, also, just in life in general, you might have limitations. There may be some things set up where you can't do something because of, of something else. Uh, age, the older we get, we begin to have limitations. Health. Uh, you know, I look at people today, and, and by the way, we're going to talk about this tonight in Ecclesiastes, about aging. But you know, when you look at people that are in their 80s and 90s, you realize they weren't always in their 80s and 90s? At one time, they were teenagers, and they were young, and they had strength and energy. But you know, age, all of us, is something that begins to limit us in life. And when you have limitations, you can use those limitations as we would call excuses not to serve the Lord. Let me give you a few thoughts. How about this one? I can't. I can't. I can't because, and then the list can go on and on and on, of why we can't do something. Maybe I can't because I'm tired. Peter could have used that. Uh, maybe I can't. You, you may say I can't, Lord, because I'm just not smart enough. I don't have enough knowledge of the Bible to be a witness. Well, all you need to know is that you've been saved and Christ can save someone else. Share with them how all they need to do is repent and believe. Or you can say, Lord, I can't because I'm too young. Or maybe I can't because I'm too old. You see, the limitations in life, if, if we're not careful, we can use those to limit us as far as our faith or as far as the service that we give unto God. Now this morning, I'm not going to argue with anyone when they say they can't, okay? Because I don't know your life and I don't know your limitations. Uh, and, and there may be some limitations in your life or some things where you, I'm not going to argue with someone when they say I can't do something because I don't know the circumstances. But I will share this with you. Maybe you can't, but God can. Okay? Maybe you can't, but God can. Uh, there's a missionary. I'll use an illustration. Jerry Eastis. He's off the field now. We supported him for several years. He was called to the Philippines when he was about 60 years old. He was called to the Philippines. You know, there was no mission board. By the way, that's why I don't believe in mission boards too much because uh, of things like this. There was no mission board in the country that would support him. Not one. And that's when his pastor said, you know what, we don't need these mission boards. They're not in the church anyway. They're not in the Bible anyway. We need to be sending people out by, by the church. And that's what churches do. I think that's what we find in the Bible and what I find a lot of churches are doing today, sending out missionaries to the local church. 
He went against what everyone else said he shouldn't do. He went to the Philippines. He was there almost 10 years. There's a dozen churches that are still there today that are strong because he started them. You see, he could have used his age as an excuse. He could have used the fact that nobody was going to help help him get there. He could have used all these obstacles, all these limitations that were there. Oh, and I didn't tell you, he had a lot of health problems too, by the way. And a lot of people said, well, you shouldn't be going over there. you got all these health problems. And I remember when he came into the church, he said, well, you know what? they got medicine there. I'll be all right. God will provide. Well, today, he's, he's back home. He was there almost 10 years. He's back home today. He's an assistant pastor uh, finishing out his uh, ministry there. But God used him because he put his faith in God. That, that's the point here. When we limit God by lack of faith, then we're not going to see those blessings. So the challenge here is, is you might be limited, but God is unlimited. All right, God's unlimited. Uh, Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 1, let's go over to Luke, the book of Luke. I'll show you a passage here. We're already in Luke. Let's go to chapter 18. Chapter 18 of the book of Luke. And it says here, he's talking about uh, this passage here is concerning money and, and what we have here, the rich and the poor. And it says here in uh, talking about I can say the heart, the salvation. Uh, it says, uh, it goes back to 18, kind of starts this passage, verse 18. Uh, but what we find here, it says, verse 23, when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. The man was, uh, verse 22 says, Jesus heard these things, said to him, yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, distribute unto the poor, thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, how hardly shall they have riches uh, enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they, they, they that heard it said, who then can be saved? And he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Now, the whole passage here is not about Christ saying that you can't have money or treasures or that it's impossible for someone to be saved that has those things. The whole point was this man here loved his wealth more than he loved God and wasn't willing to part with that to turn to Christ. You know, when it comes to salvation, all of us, before you were saved, you had something that you probably was hindering you or keeping you from trusting Christ, whether it was your love for the world, your love for sin, love for things. And when Christ got a hold of your heart, burdened your heart, then you turned to Christ. Now notice he says, it might be impossible with men, but it's possible with God. In other words, God can save anyone. God can work in anyone's heart. So don't, I don't know here who's saved, I hope everyone here is saved, you put your faith in Christ. But I have talked to people who have said, man, you don't know the way I've lived. You don't, you don't know the sins I have. You don't know what I've done. And I tell them, here's what I tell them. I, say, I don't need to know. I don't want to know. That's between you and God. But I know this. God can forgive you. That's what God does. See, men may say, well, man, you, you've made some poor decisions. But you know what God says? God says, all are sinners. And all are acceptable to me if you come by Jesus Christ. You see, salvation is something that God does. It's a work of God. Anyone can be saved. You know, as we witness to the world, that's, that's what we tell everyone. You can be saved. Trust in Christ. And then in what we find in Philippians 4.13, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That should challenge us with our limitations. You know, we at times may say, well, we can't do this or can't do that. Well, why not? Why not? If God is with us, we can do all things. And that's the challenge for us is don't limit God by 
our limitations. Make sure that we're putting our faith in the Lord. And as far as putting your faith in the Lord, Peter here was tired, he was fatigued, but his faith overcame his limitations. Here's my third one. How about this failure? Failure. He had already failed once. He'd already failed once. Let's go back to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 here. Notice in verse 5, he says, Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Have taken nothing. Have you ever failed at something that you should be good at? You know, it's hard to fail at something that you think you you know. Uh, I remember failing a test that I thought I was ready for. It's like, oh, I thought I was ready for that. Evidently, I wasn't. You know, when you fail at something you believe you should succeed at, that's hard. That can be discouraging. It can make you angry. It can make you upset. That's what happened here. They had went out all night and had caught nothing. We're talking about fishermen. These, these men grew up on the water. They caught nothing at all. Well, that was part of God's plan, by the way. God was at work. He permitted this to happen. And so they get back in. They're discouraged, a little bit upset. And, and, and basically he tells the Lord, he said, I've already, we've already been out there, Lord. We've been out there all night long caught nothing. And if the fish are out there, they're not coming in our nets. Uh, they're going elsewhere. Uh, we just had a bad night. So what we have here is he's tired. Uh, he's fatigued, of course. And now he, he, he's told to go do something he's already failed at just a few hours previously. You know, here's some thoughts concerning success in life that I want to share with you. You know, ability does not guarantee success. There have been some skillful people that have failed. That's just what we find. You ever hear that phrase, catching bad breaks? There are some who catch bad breaks. They do everything right, but it just doesn't work out. So failure is not necessarily a sign of ability. Also, here's another one. Experience does not guarantee success. We find that in this passage. These men were able and experienced, yet they caught nothing. So just because you did something well once before does not guarantee that you're going to succeed at it in the future. So when failure comes, here's some things to take. First, failure does not mean that someone is out of God's will. You can fail and be right in the middle of God's will. That's what happened here. God was getting ready to teach them a lesson, getting ready to call them into the ministry. So failure may be what God uses first to get your attention. God may allow you to fail just to get your attention. Uh, I think it's this way. You know, sometimes if we succeed, it may go to our heads. You know, I've done this. I'm great. God may allow us to fail to humble us a bit and get our attention. Let us know we need him. Uh, Failure may also be what God uses to move you in a new direction. That's what we find here. God allowed them to fail because he was going to call them into the ministry. He had a new direction for them. And he was going to teach them a lesson and get them going in a new direction. God may do the same in your life. Uh, if there's a, something that has happened that you would look and say, that's a failure. Maybe God is just moving you in a new direction. He's going to open up a new door for you. So just trust the Lord. Uh, another one here is failure may be what God uses to draw you closer to him. I've had that happen. When that happens and you just go to God saying, God, I need your help. I don't know what to do. And that may be what God uses just to draw you closer to Him and strengthen your relationship. There was a reason why Peter failed. Because God was about ready to teach him a lesson. God was going to encourage him through that failure. So after failing once, Peter could have concluded, it's not going to happen, Lord. It's impossible. We've been out there all night. Didn't catch anything. There is no reason for us to go back out there. And that could have been what he used to justify what we would call a lack of faith or following the Lord. So here's my thought on this. If permitted, failure can be an obstacle to your faith. 
It can be an obstacle. In other words, you fail once, you may say, Lord, I've tried. It didn't work. Uh, why try again? Why, why do it again? Uh, you know, this really goes into, really, I think, for serving the Lord and witnessing. Because uh, it's nice to see someone accept Christ as their Savior when you witness to Him. Often that doesn't happen. Okay, and, and we've got to understand it's God's work in their heart. It's not us changing them. It's God working. And so we must not be discouraged as we go out and do the work of the Lord. Or as we serve God. Uh, here's another one on salvation. If someone here is not saved, I, here's a thought here. I know you may say, well, I've tried to be good. I've tried to read the Bible. I've tried to pray. I've tried going to church. None's happened. Well, here's a thought for you. Maybe it's because you've been doing it your way instead of God's way. God says, come to me. Yes, it's good to go to church. Yes, it's good to read the Bible. But you need to get your heart right first. And so maybe there's someone here who said, well, I've tried all religion, not interested. Well, maybe God this morning is saying, well, don't try the religion. How about you try getting right with me? Repent and believe. Get things right in your heart. And then I'll take care of everything else. So those are some thoughts here as far as failure. You know, we may use failure to prevent us from going forward. Peter didn't do that, though. You know, Peter didn't do that. So faith in God will cast out all fear. That's my thought. Faith in God is going to cast out all fear. Here's the last one here. I, I put foolishness or foolish up there. Okay, here's what I mean by this. Perspective. Human perspective. Let's look at this again. We're in verse 5 of Luke chapter 5. He says, And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Okay, he said, We have been out there all night long. We haven't caught a thing. We're finished. We're getting ready to go home. Notice the next word. He says, Nevertheless. That's not a, a really a, a word you would consider to be like, Oh yeah, I'm excited to go do it. That's more of, But we'll go anyway. We'll go anyway. Since you've told us to go, we'll go anyway. In other words, I don't think anything's going to happen, but we're going to go anyway because you have directed us to. You see, here's my thought here. To Peter and the others, this may have appeared to be foolish. Really. It may have appeared to be foolish. Why go back out there? You know we've been out there. We didn't catch anything. You're telling us to go back out and drop our nets and we're going to catch something? And not only that, but he, he basically, instead of going way out on the sea, he's just telling them just to go out a little bit and drop the nets. And you're going to catch a multitude. Or he just told them to drop the nets. Now here's something to think about. You know Peter was a fisherman? Peter was a fisherman. At this point, we've got to keep everything in context. At this point, Christ, Jesus... His ministry is just beginning, okay? His ministry is just at the, at the beginning of his ministry. Peter hadn't witnessed all those miracles that we read. He hadn't walked on water yet. He hadn't witnessed all these great deeds. He hadn't heard all the teachings. So to him, yes, he believes in Jesus, but there's still some growing taking place spiritually in his heart. And here he is, a fisherman. And you, you know what Jesus did, uh, earthly labor? It wasn't a fisherman. He was a carpenter. He was a carpenter, and we have Peter a fisherman. You know, uh, let me give you an illustration. That'd be like me following you around at work or what you do uh, and trying to tell you what to do. I'm sure, I'm sure at some point you'd probably say, uh, Pastor, uh, it's just not going to work that way. If I keep doing it, you'd probably say, Pastor, how about you go over here, have a cup of coffee, and let us, let us do the work over here. You see, maybe Peter thought that. You have Jesus here who, who knew nothing about fishing as far as 
human perspective. Now, he's the son of God, so he knew everything. But human perspective, that's what we're talking about. He knew nothing about fishing. He's a carpenter. And he, he tells these fishermen to go back out. And, and, you know, Peter may have thought, you know, tell him he to go back out. We've already been out there. If there's something out there, we would have caught it tonight. It's just not going to happen. And though, even though it seemed foolish, probably, he, he followed. He said, nevertheless, we're going to do this. You know, uh, here's my thought for you on this. Sometimes the Lord's commands and directions for your life may seem similar. Okay, they may seem similar. What I mean by that is there may be times where the Lord's direction for your life seems to go against what we'd call anything that makes any sense, any human reasoning, or any of your expectations. How about that? Any of your expectations. You know, you... you plan on things. You expect things to happen. And then they don't happen the way you expect them to happen. And you think, what's wrong? What's going on? God, you want me to still be faithful? It goes against my you know, human reasoning and logic. And, and, and to, the, to the world, it may seem foolish. Really, for Peter to go back out there, worldly speaking, it was foolish for him to go back out on the water. And God gave him direction, but he's, he's going to follow it. You know, sometimes, here's what I'll put it, sometimes God thinks differently than we do on matters. You know, we have our minds made up. We have our perspective, and then God may be saying, no, that's not what I want for you. Not right now. Or I want you to go a different direction. I have something else planned for your life. And that's what we find Peter at here. You see, when you think about it, this was opposite of what you would expect. Yet he's to follow. Now let me give you a few thoughts on this. You know in the world, here's a, I guess you would say a general one. You know the world will tell you, be good and everything's going to work out. Everything's, you know, just, just, just do your best. Everything's going to be fine. I've heard that before. And the truth is, uh, it might, worldly speaking. But spiritually speaking, it's not going to work out. If you're not right with God. You see, that's, the world may look and say, oh, this religion is, you know, turning to God, that's foolishness. You know what God says? God says everyone's a sinner. Not just one person. Not just a certain class of people. Not just someone from a certain country. He says everyone's a sinner. Everyone's in need of salvation. Everyone needs forgiveness from God. And when you receive that forgiveness, every, everyone who comes to God through Jesus Christ for forgiveness will receive, not only will they receive forgiveness, but a new life. A new hope, new direction. You see, God gives that. But the world sometimes will say, oh, that just doesn't make sense. Well, to God, that's His plan. That's His direction. And that's where faith comes in. Now, when you think about this, to do God's work, you need God's power. And to have God's power, you need God in your life. That's just what it comes down to. See, for Peter and them to go out, they had to follow God. They had to go by faith. Even if it didn't appear to be logical. Even if it didn't make any sense. God's directing them, so they had to go. You know, today... Uh, I, I really enjoy the, the work of missions because of that. You know, it, it's, it could be very easy for us to say, well, why give to some of these missionaries who are going across to these foreign lands? Uh, why, why support them? Well, we were talking about this morning, Brother Delaney and the work he's doing there. Think of all the work that's being done that we're part of now because we're helping him get there. The soul's being saved. The church is being started. The work that's being done. You see, it may be foolishness to the world to spend money on that direction. But to a Christian, it's like, no, I'm going to do it anyway. 
Because God wants us to reach the lost. Not just here, but everywhere. God wants us to reach the lost. And God wants us to do our part. So when you think of faith, one of the obstacles to faith, obviously, is just just that logical reasoning that we have to overcome. And that is overcome through faith in God. In other words, following the Lord. Now, you read the rest of this passage, what happened? Peter followed. He did it. He said, nevertheless, nevertheless. And he went out, put the nets down, and the Bible tells us they caught more than they could even imagine. They caught more than they even imagine. But it all came down to this. He went. He went. So, I guess in closing, let's make sure those obstacles, any of those or any others, to our faith are removed. So we go forward with God. We're trusting Him for salvation. We are trusting Him as we serve Him. We're trusting Him whether we serve in church, with our families, other areas, that we are living by faith. And that we're moving those obstacles so that way we can look to Him. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.